It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, we're going to play a new game here, guys. Uh, Anthony, go take your position. Anthony's coming out with something special. Making Anthony get off his ass right now. Yeah, I know. He was in Parma yesterday doing his laundry. <laughs> now he's here pouring truce <laughs> oh, here that's for right, you guys. Laundry. So here's how, here's how the game's going to work, everybody. You've got to go to G first. Okay. We have six questions. Each yeah. person has two. One Browns question, one non-Browns question. G's up first. Double cut. We're going to do a little role-playing. This is called the truce serum game. G, right. for the first question, is going to become Kevin Stefanski. And G, we just poured a nice glass of True Serum. G, you want to drink that True Serum for me? Yeah, let me get a chaser ready. Chaser. It smells like gin. I'm not a gin guy. Not only is it True Serum, but he gets transformed into somebody else. You chase it. You got to chase your drinks. So, me? Garrett Bush is now Kevin Stefanski, <laughs> drunk off True Serum. So, Mr. Stefanski, my question for you is, what are realistic expectations for Deshaun Watson in 2023? Well, guys, I, I brought you guys all here today as coaches. We really want to talk about the philosophy of what we're going to do offensively. Now, we've been saying a lot that we're going to throw the ball. Um, we're going to throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, but one of the things that we have to watch for Deshaun is we still haven't got him back to – the way he was feeling when he was in Houston. I talked to him the other day. He's saying all the right things, but it's all about the body language. It's all about, you know, getting him acclimated. So the first three, four games of the season, we got to be, we, we got to be locked in and we got to have some easy wins for him. Easy passes, easy stuff so that we can open it up. I always envisioned us being a, a, a team that was going to spread people out. Uh, but the one thing that we got to do, we got to continue to not lose our identity as a running team. We need to really continue to work on getting Nick Chubb the, the football out of certain positions. And as Nick Chubb gets the football and they bring guys up, I think that's when Deshaun will have his best, you know, have have his best, uh, you know, best game, best season. I think we start him off slow, but at the end of the season, if we can get his confidence rolling, um, he he's has his arm back. He has his legs underneath him. He's the healthiest I've seen. But as coaches, we have to fight the urge of just dropping him back 40, 50 times. Like, he can do that. I think if we start him off slow and get him to a, a place where we can, I think he can be – I think he may not have the numbers that he's going to have when he was in Houston. But I think he'll be way more efficient. Um, and it's up to us to keep that thing rolling while he's getting excited. He's excited. He's chomping at the pit now. Now, look. It could also roll off the. It could go off the wheels because Deshaun also wants to make plays sometimes, and he wants to show everybody that he's back. We have to. We have to keep that in tow. I think he he ends up with a nice season, and if and if he plays and, and gets us, you know, he's efficient. Um, he's completing over 68 percent of his passes. That's the number we're looking at, not necessarily the yards. It's the efficiency, and that'll play. That'll that'll work as we get to the end of the season. How do you guys feel about Kevin Stefanski on True Serum speaking about Deshaun Watson for the? I would love season? to ask him. Uh, I mean, I would like to. It, ask it's, him. it's an open Q and A. You could ask. 
True uh, Steelers that wear off for another three minutes. So, nah, <laughs> I was going to ask about the off-the-field stuff. I don't think we want to go down that road. Okay. Kevin, do you actually have a personality? I do. I do. They don't pay me to show that side. My wife thinks I'm funny, but, you know, hey, you know. Kevin, you went on the podcast and said that we don't have to run the ball to throw anymore. But now you're going to throw the ball. You're going to run to the throw for Deshaun. Is that going to change during the season? Well, well, I think Tybus, you know, as a player, you know, the game plan switches every week. That's a fact. Some weeks we throw it, some games we run it, but I think we got to do, we got to be good at either or uh, and okay. to do it in a good fashion. Kevin, are you going to take the play sheet from us in front of your face this week, this year? Uh, you know what? I like to put, I like to play sheet in front of my face. It seems <laughs> like I'm a role playing. Like, look, I like, you know, let me see, bull. Let me see this. Look, see, that, this, this is nice, man. We do that. I got a nice beard too, so that's all right. Uh, uh Go ahead. Andrew Berry, you or Paul DeBattes to give us the nerd rankings. Who are the biggest nerds between uh, the three of you? Uh, listen, Paul is a savant. Like Paul is one of those guys that he has a calculator and he has an abacus in his back pocket. Now Andrew, Andrew is the sneaky guy. Andrew tries to act like he's not smart. Like because where he's from, that's not cool. Like so, Andrew's like, nah. He, he like he's the undercover guy. Yeah. I, listen, I used to get seniors. <laughs> I got C minuses at, uh, at Yale, so it, you know I'm the, I'm the dumbest out of the three. Kevin, so here it is, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Do you re- how do, what do you really feel about DPJ? I think Donovan. <laughs> I, I like Donovan's game. I'm just not sure that Donovan is a is a difference maker. Okay. Um, so you are you on the D hop train? I really don't like him either. <laughs> only, yeah. only reason, only reason, the only reason, only reason we dealt with DeAndre Hopkins is because that's what's the name's man. So, okay. So we just, was, you know, every, every quarterback get his. T- we was never really interested. All right. So in him. let me ask you this last. Oh, we were out of time. No, for no I got one. No, I got one. True series went off. Kevin got. I, Kevin, we need to know whose side was you on, Baker or Odell's? Oh, okay. uh, actually, uh, <laughs> they both got on my nerves a little bit. Um, but to save face, I had to stay with the quarterback because it was the quarterback. You yeah. know, it's quarterback over receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Baker didn't do it himself any, any justice. <laughs> Baker, D bag or not a D bag? Look at you. Okay, look at you. <laughs> I would call next him a two. Call a two. All right, fair enough. Tyvis is our next. If Tyvis is true, role playing. Uh, Tyvis is now Darius Garland, and it's Ooh. ironic that we've spoken more about Darius just Garland. Just talking than about you. Oh today. man, wow. D-G. But Darius, drink a little true serum. All of it. Drink all of it. We were just talking about you, Darius. Now that Darius Garland God dang. Darius. is drunk on truth serum, my question first. Okay. And this is a five-minute truth serum. Darius, are you a top five point guard in the NBA? Ooh, man. Yeah, well, say it again. I, I, I Darius, are you, a, are you a top five point guard in the NBA today? Yeah, yeah, I'm a top five point guard in this NBA. I mean, listen, think about this. Playoffs come around. I'm the man that the, that the Cavs got to depend on. We all we went out and got Donovan Mitchell. I don't know why we did. Like I wasn't handling Damn. business around here. You know, I'm not gonna say this. I'm gonna say this to y'all because y'all my people. But come on, man, y'all know who y'all know who facilitate this. Who got in the playoffs when we was down to the Knicks? Who got us going again? Me. Yeah. Put the ball in my hands, man. I make things happen. Yeah. I'm the best point guard actually on this planet. But you know, yeah. Steph Curry got a little jump shot right now. You know, he obviously the kids is into that. But my game translate. See what I do can I can do it for years to come, right? If you don't think I'm top five now, I guarantee you you'll think I'm top five after this season for sure, hands down. Darius, and I won't. And and if we get rid of Donovan, I'm I'm fine with that. 
Darius, here's the most important question. Why do you not go to the same hairstylist that Earl goes to? All the famous people go to Earl. What's she called again, Earl? A loctician. Loctician. All the famous people go to her. What's her name again? Her name is Shanti. Shanti. Shout out to her. Everybody famous Mm -hmm. goes to Shanti. Why do you not go see Shanti? Well, see, I'm like Samson. My strength is in my hair, you know, so I got... Well, she doesn't cut off your hair. No, no, no. See, what I'm saying is, like, I got a... It's a certain type of way that I like my Mm hairstyle, and I've been dealing with the same girl for for many years, so when you got money like me, you just fly them up here to get them done for you, so, you know... Uh, Speaking of Earl... When Earl said that uh, your running mate, Donovan Mitchell, is better than LeBron James, what were you thinking about that? I think that y'all should have fired him that day. I'm shocked that, <laughs> I'm shocked that he's still on the show. You know, Honestly, it was one of the most blasphemous things. It's like, it's like McNuggets asking me, am I top five? Like, that's a guaranteed answer. Everybody knows the answer to that question. So, yeah, Earl should have been fired that day. I don't know why y'all still got him on payroll. Uh, you know, listen, Darius, are you uh, are you a better passer or a better scorer? So, so this is the thing, G. You know, I, I try to be. I, I'm really like that on the scoring side, but you know, I don't want to come off as a ball hog. And I understand that. You know, I got people like Jared Allen who can't do nothing for himself, so I got to make sure he's involved. <laughs> so I'm true. always looking to facilitate and put people on. You know, I'm like, I, I, I have my moments where I want to be like. Now that Donovan's here, I can have my moments where I can be selfish. But at heart, I'm really a pass-first guy. I'm like, I'm like uh, magic. I come down hee-hee all the time with mine. So, you know, I, I think I'm a better passer. Would you accept LeBron on his team? You know, LeBron could come on this team if he wants to, man. But at the end of the day, the ball need to be in my hands. LeBron's time has came and went. You know, I'm the future now. So, you know, if he want to come and play a role and be one of those guys that can spot up and shoot, we can take him. But for, for right now, the ball need to be in my hands. Are we sure this is Darius or, or, or Tyvus? This is this is. Tiverius. Tiverius. <laughs> That's a All character right, from Game of Thrones. It Bull, is. you're up next. Drink a little true okay. cereal, Bull. Bull is now Greg Newsom. Oh, wow. Coming off an MVP oh. appearance in his celebrity softball game. Hey, Greg. What did you think of Joe Woods as a defensive coordinator? Damn, how did I get so skinny? How did I get so skinny right Your ankles. <laughs> I think my foot weighs more than he does. Uh, what's the question again? What do you feel about Joe Woods as a defensive coordinator? Well, let me tell you something. Thank God that asshole's out of here because he sucks. He put me in a bit. I weigh about a buck 12 soaking wet. All right. If you walk past me on the street, you'd think I was playing for uh, some high school team or something because I don't look like a professional football player. I got a weird looking batting stance, but I hit some home runs in that in that game, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Wood screwed me over. I was great as a rookie. I had a tremendous season. Denzel Ward's off farting around with his money. I don't know what the hell he's up to. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. (laughs) Um, And meanwhile, I had a good rookie season, and this idiot's putting me in the slot. I got to tackle running backs. I can't be tackling running backs. 
the hell's going on here? Joe Woods is a buffoon, and thank God we fired the guy. Now we got this old bastard Jim Schwartz in here. He may be old as the earth. But at least he knows what the hell he's doing. He's not going to make me tackle running backs. Well, that, thank God we got him in here. Well, not since we tell him. I'm going to the club tonight. I'll see you there. <laughs> since we telling the truth. Since we telling the truth. Hey, man, listen, how you let Martin Emerson come to your position, dog? Listen, he didn't steal my position. I welcomed the young guy in because I'm not insecure. And he's he's big. He's big. So he should be playing the freaking slot because he can tackle a running back. Let him get all injured and beat up. I got to be out in the club and hang with the ladies. Gino, did you get your car back? I'll tell you something. I did not get my car back because they used my car as a battering ram. <laughs> Commit a robbery, those bastards. Gino, why are you so angry, I'm getting, dog? A, I'm getting a new. I'm getting a new car. What you What'd you get? I'm getting a brand new Lexus SUV. That's a soccer mom car. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about cars. All right, we got three more. Okay. G Bush is back in the hot seat. G Bush. You're now Kobe Altman. That's a soccer mom car. That's, a rich, I, that's I, a rich soccer mom. If I came up here with a Lexus SUV, you'd be like, you downgraded, bro. You, you should have said, I'm coming with that Bentley truck. They can have that yeah, little truck, right, man. There I got that go. Bentley truck coming through. All right, G, drink a little truth serum. You are Kobe Altman. <laughs> and my question for you, G. Who is he now? Kobe Altman. Oh, right. President of basketball operations for the Cleveland Cavaliers. If we could go back in time about a year from now and you had the chance to redo or undo the Donovan Mitchell trade, would you still do it? Uh, yeah, McNuggets. I, I'm definitely, uh, I, I, I'd say in one word, hell yeah. That's two words I know. Uh, <laughs> but at the time, we were looking at the organization. We are looking at what the pieces and parts we had. Frankly, we thought Evan Mobley was going to be on a certain track. We thought Evan, year two, would start to show his outside game. That didn't happen. Hold on. Then we, we always knew that Donovan was from New York. We always knew he's going to throw out the first pitches and things like that. Well, we started hearing things, the little rumblings behind the, the scenes, and Donovan does a great job of, of, you know, being a corporate role. His father is, is in sports, so he knows how to play it right. But, you know, w- when we got Donovan, our hopes was we were going to really elevate our play. We were really going to get at least to the Eastern Conference Finals with the team that we had. But, Jared Allen, uh, we found out, wasn't that guy we needed him to be. Darius Garland, I, I'll give him credit. Darius, uh, he didn't take it hard. Darius had a really good season. Um, but what really hurt us was the fact that Donovan, to get Donovan, it took us three first-round picks. A lot of those first-round picks, people may say they're not going to help a good team now. However, it does help you get other guys in trades, via trades. Free agency is a hit-or-miss thing here in small, more, smaller markets. If you, it, you know... You got me up against it. I think it was a really great move in the beginning, but now that you look at back at it and you look at what we gave up and, and you know, Lori marketing turned out to be a great player. We developed him here. We actually had him playing three and a lot of people around the, in, you know, around the NBA didn't think he could do that. Lori turned into somebody awesome. Um, you know, I do think <coughs> we got off Colin Sexton, you know, um, that Colin Sexton thing. 
Um, he averaged 24, but we, we didn't think he was going to be a difference maker. It turns out he's not a difference maker out there. Uh, Abaji's hit or miss, um, so he was part <laughs> of the deal. But at the end of the day, if we had to go back and do it all over again, we could have did what we did this year if we would have just kept the same, same team and let it grow. So I would say, yeah, that's on us. Kobe, any truth to the rumor that you traded Laurie Marketing because he's a man named Laurie? Um, no, no, no. I, I actually, I like the name Lori. Like I, you know, I thought Lori, Lauren, I liked all yeah. the L's. Kobe, Kobe, you know, I, I understand. I think you guys kept y'all pick for next year's draft. Any, any chance y'all land Bronny James? Uh, listen, if, if, if it's a package deal with LeBron, listen, if I, we have to take, we'll, we'll sign LeBron's wife if he wants us to. His gardener, his, uh, his youngest daughter, his son, well, all of a package deal. Come on back. I got what you need. <laughs> Got what you need. Hey, Kobe. Yes. Uh, can you elaborate on why you came out and said there will be no sweeping changes with this roster, knowing damn well that the majority of your team is soft? I'm a GM. Damn. I'm a GM. I was just lying, dog. Like, what you want me to say? Like, you guys ask me a question, or I'm going to come out and be like, yeah, my team is soft as hell. I, then I can't even move Jared Allen. Like, so I got to at least build him back up and get some trade value for him. Now, I said no sweeping. Like, I don't know what sweeping is, but I can say major. I didn't say when no major trades will be made or consequential trades. So it, I was just grandstanding. It is what it is. I got to get value from these guys if you want me to make a deal. Kobe, uh, speaking of sweeping, would you rather in the playoffs next year have Josh, uh, have Jared Allen playing for you or being the guy who sweeps up the court of the sweat? I would like him to do concessions as well. So okay. sweeping. Okay. Um, but he's a good guy. Shout out to Jaron. I, yeah. I think he was one of the guys who, you know, he came here. He was one of the first people we signed. Um, and remember, we had Andre Drummond at one point in it time. It was ugly. And it was nasty. By the way, five, six years ago, I was on a plane with you, sitting two rows behind you, and I started puking on that flight. Did you notice? And were you appalled? Yes, I was. I was like, there's an extremely large, obese man behind me. <laughs> and you <he> was... <laughs> And I did not know what necessary to say large and obese <laughs> from one or the other. I, you were you were snoring, but you were awake. How are you snoring, but you were awake? You were, you were conscious, but you were snoring. I had never saw that before. I was confused. Uh, next up, we are going back to Tyvis, and Tyvis is going to play the role of one Miles Garrett. So Miles Garrett, if you would, please sip a little truth. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> is this crazy? No, no, wait, wait. <laughs> All right, Miles. Was Fabian Clowney a good teammate? Dang. You know, so so JD, you know, JD was he, he started off cool, man. Real funny guy and all, you know. And you know, I thought we had something good going on. Obviously, you know, he had one of his most productive seasons, you know, when he was first here with me, you know, obviously because, you know, defense is playing for me and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, he had the little mismatch every year. But last year, man, when he when he did what he did, I thought it was some sucker stuff, bro. I really did. I, I, I don't really respect bro no more for that. Like, he could have came to me as a man and we could have handled it like that. But, you know, he decided to, to be a little girl and go to the media and say what he said with that little slick shade. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Our defense is, is trying to get me to the Hall of Fame. I'm the best player on this defense. I mean, listen, the only reason you had the career you had is because huh, defenses was worried. I mean, offenses was worried about me. So if, it ain't my fault that you can't get home. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah, you know, I, he, he we was started off good, but he a sucker in my books now. Uh, Miles, when you see Jadavian wearing that head condom there, <laughs> uh, do you feel pl like players that wear those things are soft? 
No, man, you know, see, see, Pooh Shiesty started this thing, yeah. man. You probably know who that is. I know the great so, Pooh Shiesty. Pooh this rapper, you know, he started off with this, <laughs> with great. this ski mask thing, and I everybody swear that they hit and lick. Oh, my fault. They robbing people. Yeah. I, I got to dumb it down. <laughs> yeah, they, they think these dudes hitting licks nowadays or whatnot. So everybody want to be tough and whatnot. You know, they just posers. Mm. Me, I'm like that on the field. I'm like that on and off the field. Even though, you know, I am into astrology and, you know, I like animals and dinosaurs and stuff like that. Hey, man, yeah, man. <laughs> like, do you, like, if you going on dates, like, do you, like, is you really big on these dinosaurs, Miles? Like, is you, is you talking dinosaurs to the ladies? Like, yeah, man, you know what, man? You'd be shocked how many women like dinosaurs. You know, we sit there and we spend all that time talking about T-Rexes and stuff, and then, you know, <laughs> later on, I might show them my T-Rex. <laughs> Stegosaurus sex. Uh, we, are mo- we are moving on to the last one here. Bull, you are now Terry Francona. We are praying for his speedy recovery. Take a little sip of true serum here, Bull. Okay. <laughs> Who would have known Miles Garrett was in the role playing? <laughs> crazy. So Tito, why oh, does yeah. Miles Garrett continue? Uh, not Miles Garrett. Why does Miles Shaw continue good. to get at bats every day? <laughs> I miss that we don't have Michael Bourne anymore because I like to call him Borny. Borny. <laughs> we had Borny. Uh, what's the question there? Why, why do you continue to give Miles Shaw McNuggets. every day at bats? All right, here's the thing. I, I I have never been able to share this with you before, but <laughs> that special's uh, pretty good. But uh, uh, many, many, many years ago, I took a picture in a Halloween costume. It was very inappropriate. It's an inappropriate picture. I can't say what it is because, <laughs> well, I get in trouble. But uh, I don't know why I've given like a southern accent because you don't really have a southern accent, but that's what I'm going with. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, I took an inappropriate picture of a Halloween costume. It was, uh, it was the 1940s. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 87 years old, really. Uh, and I didn't know you couldn't wear this particular thing, but I did. And uh, now Miles Straw has a picture of it, and he will not throw it away. And he told me that if I don't play him every day, I'm going to stop doing the Southern accent because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, if I don't keep playing him every day, that uh, he will put that out to the media. So that's why, because there's no other reasonable explanation for it. Miles Straw uh, is... Well, I was going to say he's the worst hitter I've ever seen, but I have seen Austin Hedges a lot, too. So he's the second worst hitter I've ever seen in my entire baseball career. I think I, think I from my bed at the Cleveland Clinic at 65 years old, would be a better hitter than Miles Straw. Let's be honest, the guy can't hit a lick. So uh, he has in, in, in inappropriate photos of me. That's the only reason that uh, I play him. And that? It's true. I, I've, I've got you've gotten it out of me after all these years. Uh, we have no. I can't no believe questions. we were stupid enough as an organization to trade for him and give him an extension. We have no questions for Tito. That shirt off and Antonetti, they're smart guys, but they uh, they shit the bed on this one. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, I say good day, sir. You got nothing for me? Nope. All right, I'm gonna get on my, mo- right. my motorbike and head. What do you guys think? Fun? Not Why fun? did you rush the you rushed the end of our segment? Because because the chat was like, ah, this is long. They said it was good the first round. Everybody had one. We should do truth serum one round, we but got, it was funny. It's 14 knuckleheads in there. <laughs> so, I mean, who cares what they have to say? Was well, that I, why you were I, rushing I us at sure. the end? No, actually, I didn't see the chat. I was just curious oh. what we could. I felt bad because Tito went to the hospital last night. I, I oh, what? A, listen, 
We, we're, I'm not making fun of Tito. We're having fun. We love Tito. Hey, Tito, I got another question for you. Yes, thank you, Earl. Where are you parking the scooter at these days? I was going to say something really inappropriate just now, but I better hold up. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I got many girlfriends out there, and uh, I mean, this is kind of inappropriate too. So I, I just leave it in front of whichever girl I'm with that night. You know, who knows? Like, this oh, is oh, wow. Oh, Ooh, wow. We're trying to get guys on the show here, Bull, and uh, you think. <laughs> What the hell are you I'm doing? I'm kidding. I don't know what I, I, I don't know if he's got girls. Is he even married? I think I don't even know if he's married. I don't know. Well, let him do whatever the hell he wants. But he's not allowed to have sex. He's a man. <laughs> you off the honey pack, huh? <laughs> or maybe he's married. Then he doesn't have girlfriends. I don't All right, Bull, you know what? It is 1217, which means it's time yeah. to tell everybody that the Call of Companies Championship is coming up later next month at the famous Firestone Country Club. Check out all your favorite senior tour golfers right here in the beautiful state of Ohio. Fun, family-friendly events for everyone. Free concerts and free admission for kids. You get all that information for tickets and extra at callagolf.com. Bull, give us a number under 10 and a word to put in the chat here for our next right, USFL ticket giveaway. All right, let's go six and slap dick. <laughs> the sixth person to put slap dick in the chat will now win. <laughs> Anthony, start counting slap dicks. The sixth one is one of the family four-pack of tickets to the USFL Yo. championship game. Yes, the sixth slap six. dick in the chat Yo. is winning tickets, Anthony. I got, I got to look up on the chat just to see this. I got to see it. I got to see it. I got to count it. I want to count it. Hold on. You Spelling win. doesn't count for this one either. Spell it however you want. <laughs> I mean, they're not complicated. I guess the only complicated is whether it's one word or two. But Abacus was a tough one. Yeah, slap dick could be one word, two words. It's up to yeah, you. I haven't seen any in there yet, Anthony. It's very easy to spell. Slap slap hey, and we ain't seen we ain't, ain't listen. Seen and we ain't seen one yet. They keep pausing it. They're like, no, I'm like, it's pause worthy. We are not putting that in the chat. <laughs> oh, they'll put it there if they want the tickets. So far, no one's put it. Nobody no. ain't doing it. Look, <laughs> look, nobody. nobody. Listen, they're, <laughs> they're, I'm not lying. I'm <laughs> dead serious. I don't ever look at the chat during the show live. Yeah. I am looking at it right now. Literally nobody has put. Oh, one. We got one. Kenny Miller's the first slapdick. Five more slapdicks. He said slapstick. Yeah, he actually didn't even spell it right. Yeah, he was like. Does it count? No, it does. We got one. Nope, slapstick. <laughs> He, he just it's spoke. probably getting corrected. Okay, well, you know what? While we're, while we're waiting for slap dicks to come into the uh, chat here, not you guys, we're waiting for the comments. Not you guys. Bull said the sixth person we have one currently in there yeah. uh, will win a family four-pack of tickets to the USFL Championship game. If not, no one wants to put it in there, then we will uh, get something later with Mike Pereira. We'll ask Mike Pereira for a word. But participated. Demont says we refuse to participate <laughs> in this debauchery. What's that? He refuses to participate. They said we for we we as the chat refuse to participate in this debauchery. I, that's right, because it's, it's only twenty people in their mama's basement. So let's go. Uh, we got another one. That's two. That's two. We got three, another one. No, we got three here. I think. Okay. Okay. Four. Anthony's got four slap dicks. All right. Cool. How many more, Anthony? Tap me on the shoulder when you get two more slap dicks in the chat. Here we go. Here. Oh, then, oh, there's one. Five. Mike just uh -oh. loves saying it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Next one wins. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic TV, everybody. Has there oh. ever been more drama over the next slap dick right, in the history of television? All right, let's move What are we doing now, Mike? Let's go. Okay, next up. Uh, Evan got it. Evan419 got it. Shout out Evan419. Anthony will figure out how to get you those tickets. Very good, uh, Thank you to the chat for Ooh. the ones who participated, the ones we who did not. I do not blame you. And Shout speaking of second year things, it's the second year of the SFL. 
This next topic is something I, I need to tie this for. Tyvis, a pretty common phrase in sports or, or theory in sports, <coughs> way of thinking at least, is that guys make the biggest jump in their career between years one and two. So after their rookie season, entering their sophomore season. There's a couple guys in the Browns who are expected to play major roles this year who were good <coughs> as rookies, solid as rookies, and are now expected to be major contributors. You played in the NFL. You were once a rookie. You played four years. Man, that, a was, such, that was such a, a lifetime ago. Why do you think, and or do you believe it's true or not, that players make the biggest jump in their careers from the end of their rookie seasons to the beginning of their second seasons? Well, I think it, I think it is true because it's like anything. You know, once you go through something once, you know, you know what to expect the year two. So, you know, as a rookie, you coming in, depending on if you're a highly dra uh, drafted guy, you know, they're throwing you right in the lineup, you know, stuff like that. So you're trying to figure out, you know, A, are you good enough to even be in the NFL? You know, so you got to build that confidence over that first season. So a guy like, you know, Martin, who's who came in as a third, third round, fourth round pick, I think, you know, obviously he got his feet wet, made some plays. He got that confidence knowing that he's good enough to belong in here. So next thing that the player is trying to juggle is the playbook, because obviously plays change from college to the NFL. There's much more structure to it. Um, so he's trying to figure out, okay, now I got to make sure that I know what I got on certain plays. You know, the, the, the pieces is moving. This ain't like going to take a history test. The pieces move. You got to know all the checks and adjustments. So you, now you're trying to make sure that you got your checks and adjustments down pat and making sure that you actually playing the right thing. You know, as you get towards the end of the season, you pretty much should have the playbook under your down pack so you know what to expect. Um, you understand the game speed of from college to the NFL. You understand that everybody in the NFL is really good. Um, and I think the reason you could make the neck the big jump the next year is because you don't have to come in worrying about are you good enough? You have that answer. You don't have to come in worrying about do I know the playbook? You should have that down pack, even though for him it is a different playbook. But Jim Schwartz is running cover one dang near 95 percent of the time. So he's really dumbing it down for those people. Um, and now you're able to look at formations and get a tail sign of what is to come you know now i'm not worried about what i got i'm worried about what this offense is coming out in what formation is it who in my garden what routes can i expect like you can expand the brain so now you're able to to jump things and make more plays because you can anticipate what's coming so i think that a lot of the times is why you see the biggest jump from year one to year two because now you have the little things down packed and now you can anticipate the game and understand what's about to come let me let me ask you this because I always always thought about this in terms of like your, your life cycle when you're a younger player like you know you just worried about like I don't know where my apartment is how much money I'm gonna get paid do I have money do I need tickets like do I need to like what you know different things like that just every day like every day little like living stuff right mm -hmm. and like you played on, on on good teams where they had veterans and, and guys had Super Bowl aspirations on those on those uh, you know those rosters mm -hmm. When you were like, how do how do how do veterans get young dudes who they know gonna have to contribute locked in, playing with a sense of urgency when they got their whole career in front of them? Like, <clears throat> you they got everything in front of them. You trying to win, you trying to get playing time. You want to be an all pro. You you might want to go to the club. You might want to you might want some girls. You might like all these different things that are that is a life cycle. But yeah. some players are gonna be at the end of that life cycle where they like I didn't already got all this yeah. and I need you to lock in and have the same level of t tomorrow ain't guaranteed 
type feeling. How do they get? How do how do they go about that in a lot? So it's certain ways, you know, it, like from being in Seattle. Obviously, you know, I'm with the LOB, and you know how they they go about business is, you know, everybody that comes in, they're going to groom them and make sure that you understand the culture that we set here. So if I'm a rookie and I'm coming in and you know, they have a thing where everybody tags off on the ball. If I'm a rookie and I don't want to tag off on that ball, then you better believe that, you know, Sherm, Bobby, Cam, somebody coming to say something to me. Hey, young blood, young rook, this is how we do it. Go tag off on that ball. I don't care where it's at. Go touch that ball. So you got these older guys that's setting the standard and holding these younger guys to it. When it comes to, you know, partying and clubbing and whatnot, you know, they don't really – it's not really a lot that they say, you know, for that. It's about – Make sure you could do what you want to do, but make sure when we get on this field, you locked in. Okay, like you can. I'm not gonna tell you not to party and whatnot. It's a bunch of veterans in the NFL who I know that don't drink during the season. Mm-hmm. They don't do nothing during the season. You know, they have their fun in the off season, but during the season, they're not gonna consume alcohol or anything like that. You know, that's 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 the veteran way. But obviously, these young guys who got a pocket full of money, you know, they want to get out there and see, you know, what what new fish I could catch. You know, I could go pop bottles in the club and do stuff like that. You know, it's fine as long as you're handling your business, as long as you're not affected by football or it's not affecting your game, then it's cool. And a lot of guys do a pretty good job of handling that because they understand the opportunity that is being presented. Now, when I went to San Francisco, that was more of a younger crowd. Everybody was around my age, so these guys was going out all the time. I was seeing guys get get. If we made sixteen thousand for that week, he'd go to the, go out and spend sixteen thousand. He was getting the check, blowing the check. That's Damn. the type of stuff they was on. Uh, but the, <laughs> but you but the difference was he partied a lot. But when it came time to put that work in, he was up eight seven in the morning doing workouts, doing the extra stuff, making sure he did his film session. He got his work done. So, like I say, is you got to have a healthy balance where it's okay if you want to party and do all that other thing, but just know that football comes first, and you got to make sure that you're doing your well, work there. during during the season, like because like you know you see a lot of times like with last year we watched like they talked about it a hundred times about getting on the same page like mm-hmm. defensive backs. Yeah, there's a lot of times that we we see in the offseason the quarterback get guys together like yep. you know what I'm saying and be like yo we gonna run these routes so we, we got timing we I know how you moving like is that something that DBs is doing as no, well? No, and we should. You know, I just seen Darius Slay talking about That's this. Crazy. It's, it's crazy that the quarterbacks link, the receivers link, the tight ends link, but for some odd reason, DBs can't seem to find the time to link. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a few DBs that get together and, you know, share games, share tips and stuff like that. But as far as a whole weekend or week where we just get together and, and, and share tips, I don't think that happens for DBs. But a lot of the times, you know, guys got trainers. That's the thing. Everybody got their own little trainer that they deal with. And like like uh, McNuggets got a guy, the footwork king. You know, he got guys guy. that he comes in. He, you go to the footwork king and you just so happen – Darius Slay is there and Aqib Tlaib is there. It's like that type of thing. Like they link up like that. So it's not something where it's a set destination for all DBs to go to. It's just we all mess with the same trainer. It's a guy named Oliver Davis who does a really phenomenal job of training DBs. And he trains them at in the NFL, college, and high school and young kids. Really good guy. A lot of a lot of vets go to him because he understands the game and how you move and how you see the game. You know, the, the reason I asked that question is, you see, like, we, we, you know, I got, you know, I'll be in the lab. I'll just be watching junkie, little, little football junkie stuff. <laughs> like, like, it'd be like, 
when you talk about like guys like you know there's moving parts you got Juan Thornhill you had Grant Delpit right mm -hmm. you got Newsom you got Emerson you got Ward like yeah. these guys want to be you know I remember Newsom saying a couple of years ago when they were talking about going against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and how they felt like they was a, they had the number one secondary going against the number one like uh, you know receiving core yeah and so when you got like three new guys like like that it just it it, it reminds me like everybody don't be on that same type of time like the Legion of Boom you said right all of them like with Cam Chancer and Brandon Browner and and and, and guys like that and obviously Richard Sherman like it seems like they was like they had a special thing where they was like yeah we all together like we this is we, we, yeah. we not only our corners or our safeties but I see a lot of teams don't do it like that like you know mm -hmm. they literally was like no we Earl little them they was like yo this is what it is how did how did they go about developing that or is it was just something like they was just like because usually you get a corner I'm the best corner or do you get a safety I'm the best safety. you don't get people saying this is the we got the best secondary or the no fly zone yeah in, in, in Denver how did they what well, they would well I, I was funny because I would ask Sherm that question you know how did this all happen and obviously and you know Sherm got there he wasn't starting cam started Earl was a first round pick Brandon Browner, they got him from the CFL and he came and he'd been dominant. But Sherm was the only one out of those out of those four that really didn't start. You know, he only started because I think Marcus Trufant got hurt in the game and somebody uh, somebody went to nick corner or went to nickel and he came in, he played corner. So that's how he got his start. Obviously he passed some good plays and he ended up starting for the rest of that season. But um, these guys were just dedicated. You know, they was those guys in particular, they all studied together. And that's the thing. If a great secondaries, you got to force you got to have somebody that right. force it. You know, like, listen, after practice DBs, we watch a film or something like that. Or after practice, don't know DB go nowhere. We all doing extra drills. You need that one vocal guy that's going to force it because the, he understands the importance of everybody being on the same page. If everybody's on the same page last year, we don't have people getting cut wide open in the right. secondary and giving up touchdowns. We don't lose the Jets game with the Carolina game isn't close. We don't have things like that. You have to force it now. Juan Thornhill seems like he might be the guy to do that because he's been to the Super Bowl. He's been in some some good decent secondary. I ain't gonna say Kansas City secondary is great. They have some decent secondaries. So he knows what it takes to get there. It's going to be up to him to get these guys get Denzel get Martin and get G new and get Dale Pitt all in the room together. The best way to learn is to see it and talk about it. We need to watch a game together and talk it out. How do you see it? What do you see on this formation? What are you thinking on this formation? So when we get to the game now, I know how he thinks. So now we can communicate because I already know what you think. If you see what I see, then we can see the same thing. We talk in the same language. And I think that's the most key important part that I didn't think happened last year. You know, I, I was often told growing up that how can you tell it was a good defensive practice? The communication. They nonstop talking. Why is Fred Warner one of the best linebackers in, in, in the NFL? Because he talks nonstop. Fred will point out every single thing. When I played safety and, and San Fran and my one little start against the Raiders, yes, my one little starter against the Oakland Raiders, it was things that I didn't see. So Fred would be on the left side of the formation. I'd be on the right side. You know what Fred would say? Hey, Tyvis, alert, alert. This this, this uh, number three is on the ball. Get ready for the over route. So I'm looking. I'm already looking at my own thing. He say that. I see. I say, oh, okay. Ball is snapped. I see his pass. Guess what? My eyes go right to three because that's who I got. So you got to have guys that's communicating like that. And like I said, it's secondary. They got the talent. They just got to talk. They need to, they need to find the time to spend some time together in a film room and talk. It's not going to be enough 
because I don't know if they're doing it because a lot of teams do it like sometimes they do DBs all together. Some teams do corners in one room, safeties in another room. You got to keep them together. Talk about it right there, but talk about it outside of this building. That's where you see J3 going crazy. Like, you know, a lot of guys leave the building and we don't do nothing after we leave this building. That was crazy. You need, you got to keep talking about it because that's, that's the only way everybody's going to be on the same page. That's what makes secondaries work out is everybody's on the same page. And to get to uh, Martin Emerson, because I know that was a topic, you know, what's one thing that I can see Martin Emerson doing? If I was Martin Emerson and this was year two for me, <coughs> don't let them limit you, bro. That, at the end of the day, don't limit, don't don't limit yourself. You know, if they everybody's like, oh, you the third best corner. No, forget that. Be the number one corner on this team because Denzel's already got his bag. G News trying to get his bag. There nobody is no rule that says that you have to solidify yourself and be the third corner. No, you can be the best cover corner on this team and ultimately be the best corner. I think what you need to do is take a step. You got the confidence. You made plays. You got a ton of PBUs. You went up against Mike Evans and shut him down, who's probably a Hall of Famer one day. So you got what it takes to play in this league. Don't let them tell you that you you corner number three on this roster. Become corner number one on this roster and get your hands on some of them pick. Get picks. I'm sick of the, the PBUs. That's cool and all, and that's fine. That's like Denzel's thing. Denzel does a great job of playing the hands. G New obviously still don't have a pick on this year. But if you can find a way to turn that ball over, take them balls and make them interceptions, then you you call out your number out what you want, and and they would un, you undeniably be the number one corner. So that's my advice to you. And my challenge to you is to get some picks this year and don't limit yourself to being just coming in when it's nickel. Come in on base. That's what you really want to do. Look at this insight you don't get from other places. That, that was phenomenal, Tyler. Really, no really great. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate now, that. Now we're gonna Go wrap up this segment. We got a minute. Two minutes. <laughs> yeah. We're going to wrap this up. I'm going to give you some Tyvis Powell trivia from his playing career. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Did he got picks? Let me see if he got some no, picks. No, no, no. All right. True or false? Mm. In Tyvis played 18 games in the NFL. Did I? Uh, <laughs> That's a lot. Are you asking Tyvis or are you asking the chat? No, no, I'm saying. Oh, I'll, no, I'm, not, I'm asking you guys. Well, I probably I, sh- I should know the answer. I True or false? So, Tyvis played 18 games in the NFL. True or false? None of those games were against the AFC North, an AFC North team. True or false? Tyvis answered oh, I last. Know, I know the answer. Go ahead. I'm going to say true. Tyvis would have told us. He, he, there's no way he's been on the show for over a year and hasn't brought up when I played the Steelers. never know. The he, I just got a lot of he, play, no he played on the Browns, so that, that's the only AFC North like he would have got. But no, I don't think he played against no AFC North team. NFC man. Tyvis, did you ever play against the AFC North? In the regular season? Correct. No, yeah, I, no, no, I didn't. You did not. That's uh, correct. No, no. I played. I played the Bengals in the preseason. I played the Steelers in the preseason. There you go. Mm. All right, but not in the regular season. Okay. True or false? Tyvis forced a fumble in the NFL. True. He's uh, yeah, 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 come on. He got a turnover. Yeah, yeah, got a turnover. It's yeah. a fact. I should actually. Yeah, I should have yeah. remember who it was against. Yeah, it was against uh, the Cardinals. Right. Yeah, and it should have been it should have been back to back because when I played Oakland the next week I dropped a pick and it was unbelievable. It was. I thought you had the best hand since Randy Moss. Well, so this is so this is the thing, you know. Let me let me give some context on this. So, <laughs> I'm this is my first NFL start. So everybody that don't know, okay, the Cardinals game was the week before the Oakland game, right? right? So the the Cardinals game I forced the fumble, right? 
It's like two minutes left. I'm like, oh, yeah, we did it. I'm about to get into the media and I'm about to tell everybody that, you know, I should have been playing all along, you know, but you know, they, <laughs> they trying to keep me on the bench, but you see what I do. I make plays when I come in the game. Unfortunately, that got killed because the game winning touchdown got thrown on me. Shout out to Christian Kirk. <laughs> I got you paid, baby. I need a, I need my cut. Hey, wait, wait, anyway, that was from Josh Rosen. Yeah, right? Josh Rosen threw a dime back in the end zone. We're not even gonna go there. though. So I make the start next. So I'm thinking I'm about to get cut at this point. I'm third string safety anyways. I'm like, oh, they about to cut me. They about to bring somebody in. My boy Jeff Halfley, shout out to you have BC gonna do their thing this year. He said, forget that, Tyvis. No, because that we put you in a bad spot. We told you to play corner all week. We put you in the game at safety. You wasn't even prepared. I said that's not an excuse. But anyways, he said, we're gonna roll you out there and you're gonna start safety. It's a Thursday night game against Oakland. I said, bet, let's go, let's do it. All right. So I make my first start. I come out to the smoke. They say Tyvis Powell. I do the Sherm out to smoke. Sherm was mad, but that's neither here nor there. Um, we get to the game. All right. It's uh <laughs> All week I'm watching film. So I usually I play the game during the week. I was playing the PlayStation. Mm -hmm. I didn't play the game at all. I watched iPad probably every day all day, which was good because I got in the game and I knew exactly what was to come. So what I knew what I from film study, what I learned is they had this running back. I can't think of his first name, but his last name was Richard. When he came in, he was a receiving running back. Anytime mm -hmm. he came in out the backfield and ran a route. 95% of the time he was Chris, running. Wasn't it Chris Richard? I don't know for the he for the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, I, what, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't care. Don't care uh, what don't his name matter. is. His last name yeah. is Richard. But anytime he came in the game, he was running 95%. It was an outward breaking route. 95% of the time he was not going to run an inward breaking route out the backfield on this on this particular play. I got matched up with him. Boom. He comes out the backfield. He gave me this nice little hezzy. Huh? And faking inside like he was going. I took one step inside, but in my mind, I said, no, no, no. He's going outside. Boom. Take the foot, break out of it. Boom. Come throw the ball. Derek Carr throws it. I lay out for the pick, which I shouldn't have did. I should have just ran through it. But I laid out for the pick. What y'all don't know is I broke my wrist in college. So I wore this big cast thing on my wrist, which allowed it from to keep it from going back because my wrist don't go back. So when I did that, it's hard to catch the ball like this. So if I would have caught it like this, I would have been all right. But to catch it like this was harder. Tipped off my hands. The running back catches the ball, gets a 20-yard explosive. Oh. It was um, Sherm had to get oh. it down and for me. Oh. And that was that. So yeah, that's what happened. All right, oh. final true or false? <laughs> oh. Wait, and this last one's brought to us by PCC Air Force because these facts have come from the interweb. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, well. PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions. Start at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. So the final true or false. So Tyvis started his that one game in your last year playing in the regular season. Yep. And he played in seven games that year, one start, which you won over Oakland. Yes. In the other six games that he played this season, the Niners were winless. <laughs> Is that true? True or false? That, I, I, I think it was true because I, I, th I don't think he started getting no dubs until uh, your boy started playing. Jimmy uh, G, right? Uh, the quarterback. Nick uh, Mullins? Nah. Jimmy G? Jimmy G. Yeah, they ended so the that season. was so. Yeah, you know it's what? True. Now that I think about it, I think know? it is true. Hold on, wait a minute, because this this year that you talk about the year I started. Yep. That year. So yeah. so that was the game that Jimmy that was the year Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt in Minnesota, and then we lost to Kansas City, and then it just went bad from there. Did we win a game? Nope. I don't, did we win a game? I think we finished that year like four and twelve, but we won that game. I, that might be true. I think That's that is true. That's very true. true. <laughs> 
That's true. Is it true? It yeah. is true. Okay. Yeah. I don't have to say, I think that because we played won. that year, you played in, in weeks. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. After the Oakland game, I got cut. So <laughs> I got cut. It's crazy. I had the best game. I had a really productive game. Everybody told me, great job. That Tuesday came around, cut. But I ended up coming back like the last two games. You of the came season. back at the end, right? You yeah, played two more games two after games. that. <laughs> and you, you guys, you lost to the, the Bears 14 to 9. Oh, that's when uh, Tariq Cohen had that dang punt he was return good before to he got the hurt. house. Oh my, it was pathetic. And then you lost a wild one to the Rams, forty-eight to thirty-two. Yeah, that was we was trying to we at that at that point. I, it oh, you was, guys were getting killed. Yeah, it was no point quarter. of winning the game. They wanted the better draft pick. Uh, we'd have won that game. We'd have had a lesser draft pick. So um, that's when the starters got pulled. The only saving grace of that year was G- George Kittle was trying to break the record. So they was force feeding him the ball that whole game. That's what happened. That he year. had a touchdown at the end of the game. Yeah, he broke so the record got- to Travis Kelsey broke the record right. and then like two hours later Kittle broke right, it. Right, right. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. So we have Mike Pereira coming on in about five minutes. Yeah. So the next person, the fifth person to put the word Mike in the YouTube chat is going to win our final family four pack of tickets to the USFL championship. Technically not a word, but a name. To put the name Mike, it is Mike Pereira's name. And while we do that, let's get a chance to learn. Oh, Anthony, say something real quick. Yeah, real quick. Pear Bear Cleveland and Darian Rucker, please email us. Thank you. So while we wait for the fifth person to put the word Mike in the chat, let's take a listen and get to know... Cleveland Browns defensive back rookie Cam Mitchell a little better. We have Greg Newsome, celebrity charity softball bound, joined by Browns rookie cornerback Cam Mitchell. You ready for 60 seconds, Cam? No football, 60 seconds off the cuff. You ready? If you weren't a football player, what sport would you play? Baseball. That was quick. You get, so you're going to win the home run derby today? Hey, I'm going to win it. I've been thinking about that for, you know, baseball is my first love. Favorite dessert? Brownies. Brownies over cookies. A good brownie beats a good cookie, yeah. That's a rookie answer. We are learning Cam Mitchell, still a rookie. If you could go anywhere on vacation, unlimited budget, where are you going? Greece. Three dinner guests, dead or alive. <sighs> oh, snap. That's a good one. Um, mm, hey, we got to skip that. We skip one. Oh, we got time for one more question in 60 seconds with Cam Mitchell. <laughs> Coffee, iced or hot? Iced recently. Iced recently. That is Cleveland Browns Brook. <laughs> yeah. Cam Mitchell, Cam, thanks so much. Appreciate man. you, my man. All right, I got a few comments off of that. Mike is obsessed with coffee. Always ask that question. What's funny? Things. I hate coffee. Why do you ask about? Why do you ask that then? Tells you a lot about a person. It does, yeah. yeah. Does it really? Yeah, it I don't. Dr- well, I don't drink it. So I don't drink that, it. it tells so what that mean? I'm real. It tells me. Coffee no, tastes like piss. It's disgusting coffee. Like, like it's gross. That means that tells me you get your highs from something else. <laughs> yeah. Mikey, how would you know what piss tastes like? That's a That's good question. question. That's a good question. Number two, I thought <laughs> it, it was funny when he didn't want to answer that question. He kind of like elbowed you out. He's like, come on, get something else. You That's a good question. Why are you ripping him for saying brownies over cookies? Because cookies are the superior answer. No, uh, cookies are often disappointing. Depend, yeah, depending on where the cookie is. Hey, man, you could get a bad brownie, though, too. Yes, that's good, yeah. but you can because, get a great because brownie. Because brownies a, are so A dry accessible. brownie is yeah. worse than oh, a dry cookie. They put, they put hash in it. Like, and to be truthful, <laughs> like, you got to ask, like, everybody can't make brownies. As a matter of fact, everybody shouldn't be bringing desserts. I'd rather you bring <laughs> store-bought than, like, have you. Don't be trying your hand at stuff. Like, yeah, I got these experimental brownies. No, we don't want your experimental brownies, Susie. <laughs> 
No, if they if they experiment on it, they put something in them. Like, yeah. Yeah, I I never do this. I never bake anything. Well, why you <laughs> well, start well, today? Why you, why you start yeah, today? Yeah, don't like, make, we, not, we take this seriously. Now nah, that's I'm not gonna be a guinea pig. That's and, not gonna happen. And I would tell my wife if those brownies were not good. These are not giveable brownies. Yeah, keep you those also at home. Heard Cam said he was would have been a baseball player. Yeah, How did he, he didn't hit, he didn't hit any home runs in the home run. Uh, I like that he said baseball was his first Stephen love. Stephen Kwan. He was a super good dude though. Earl was with us uh, out there. Cam was beyond friendly. He probably signed five hundred autographs. Um, he was awesome. Good for him. So good That's for Cam awesome. Mitchell. I see Mike Prayer in the queue. I'm going to get him set nice. up full. So you got to fill for a minute, <laughs> and then we will bring oh, on will uh, Mike Prayer to preview the USL championship game this weekend. I I would like to. I can't wait to be in good enough shape, and I'm hoping maybe by next summer, certainly by two summers, I got a lot of work to do to be able to play softball. I want us to have a UCSS softball team. Can you play? Yeah, I can play. Tyvis, you're Don't in. ask me no no blasphemous question like that. Now, now I I'm, said, are you in? Not no, you. Oh, no, okay. No, I'm yeah. not, no, I can't slide. No, I'm not sweeping. I'm going to slide. I, um, I am. Half my Little League kids won't slide. I'm not going to ask you to slide. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'll be the DH. All right. You have a DH? Okay. We, I, mean, I don't know if we have enough people, though. I gotta, wish we could say you seen my work, but McNuggets did such a terrible job of missing my highlight catch that you don't really get to display. Like, you like get the full like finding like, like, like viewing another man's work <laughs> is kind of creepy, though. Like, let me see what your work talk about. That's kind of. Mm. We got Mike. We see. Okay, we Mike got Mike Pereira. What's up, Mike Pereira? The legendary Mike Pereira. There he is. There he is. Thank you for joining us. What can be legendary about me? Nothing. Nobody nobody wants to even hear from me usually. I never yeah, have you, have we ever heard of a referee being called legendary? I mean, referees get a lot of scorn. That's about it. You don't get a lot of love. Yeah. Did we lose him? Yeah. I love it. We may have Did lost we lose him. Mike. Nope, he's back. He's back. A little, okay. little lapsing connection. Oh. But there he is. He's back. There you go. Like, so I, I'm curious, like, what, when you early, like, what made you decide to be a referee when it all started? What did you, was it something you wanted to be as a kid? Did you want to be a player? And then you said, I'm not good enough. I'm going to be a uh, rep. What happened? Hell no. I didn't <laughs> want to be a rep. Um, I, I didn't. I mean, my dad did some refereeing and um, I saw him, you're talking back in the 60s, get yelled at. And, yeah. um, so I had no desire. A guy came to me and said, do you want to officiate? And I said, no. And he goes, why? What do you mean? I said, I don't have any interest in officiating. And he said, it's only youth football. It's kids. And I said, I don't care who it is. I don't want to officiate. And then he then he threw the, the uh, he, he hooked me. He threw the money at it. He said, you can make $10, $10 a game. You can work three games on Sunday. You can make $30 cash. And um, I changed my mind yeah, over thirty dollars. It was it was beer money. So I literally, honestly, I literally started for the money, and um, for right. that for that thirty bucks. And that was actually nineteen seventy one. Wow. Hey, Mike, we're still getting paid year. that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not getting a lot more than that either. For God's sake. <laughs> Hey, hey, Mike, the, the USFL championship obviously is this week. We we here are selfishly rooting for Pittsburgh because Boogie Roberts, who plays on the Pittsburgh team, has been a regular member of our show because Canton's only an hour away from here. And so he comes on the show with us usually on Mondays or Tuesdays. 
He's become a friend of ours, so we're rooting for him to win. They've had a great run here at the end of the year to get themselves in this championship game, but obviously they're facing a tough test and a tough quarterback. Uh, what are you expecting? You expecting this to be a high-scoring game, low-scoring game, exciting? What, what are you expecting here? Well, I mean, I think what you saw with Alex Magoo last week with Birmingham, I mean, he's he's a special talent, which is really amazing because he started the year as a second stringer. I mean, he was not he was not playing, only came in after the injury to the starter. But he's special. He's special in this type of game. He's a quarterback that moves all around. And I think that's important in our league. Those that have had the best success, like Cookus and those guys can really move and really run and create you know, problems for the defense. So I, I really do think that Birmingham is a more talented team offensively. But, you know, what Ray Horton has done with Pittsburgh has been amazing. And I don't think any other team in the league has got a group that has bought into what Ray is trying to do. His players are really <laughs> supportive of him and that defense. So I think they're going to present more problems to Magoo and the Stallions than others have pre uh, presented so far. And, you know, I mean, they started out horribly and Ray Horton was calling me all the time yelling at me. Um, but now they, they have got things turned around and he's now a pretty good friend of mine. But I, 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 I really respect the job that Ray has done. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a close game and, um, you know, but again, I look at the offensive uh, firepower that Birmingham has, and you would have to look and think that um, they are the odds-on favorite. You know, Mike, you, you know, we, we talk about it all the time, Mike, you know, when you're coming from an angle or a perspective of being a referee and, and that background, now an executive still, still being an analyst with refereeing, how do, you, how do you get a chance to enjoy the game? It would seem like you, you have a job, to do and you would have to take like the names off the back of the jerseys and you just have to call balls and strikes. Has that ever been difficult for you to be able to be a big fan of the game and you kind of miss a little bit of it when you're still being a referee? I I am not the thing that's even worse is I'm not really a fan of any game in any sport. I mean, if I go watch a baseball game, even though I was never an umpire, I'm, I'm looking at the umpires. I'm looking wow. at their mechanics. I'm judging their performance. Every sport that I go to, it's basketball. I mean, when it gets to be like the final four, I turn it on to see who's referee in the final four. Um, <laughs> once, you, once you get this into your blood, yeah. I mean, it consumes you. And, you know, 1971. So I've been doing this now for 52 years, either on the field or in the administrative side. And now the broadcasting side, and it's it's like that's all I think about. I mean, I love golf. I play a lot of golf. And when I watch the PGA tournaments, um, you know, the most excited I get is when they call in the rules guy. You know, I think that's like <laughs> the best thing in the world. And I was like kind of like the starter. I was the first one. And, uh, and now to see all of the other sports that have rules analysts, I think it's, it's really cool. But I... I really have a difficult time and whether it's watching on TV or in person getting into the game. I mean, I have a much easier time watching the officials and rooting actually root for them, which wow. is you know, unusual. But, uh, you know, that's part of my that's my fraternity. Those are my pals, even though I don't even know them. 
I know the difficulties and what they go through. And um, so, yeah, that's 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 the way sports has gotten for me. And, and just a quick uh, another thing. Um, I, I remember watching this a couple of years ago. There was a strike with the referees. Can you kind of talk about you know the plight of of the referees and and wages and because and to be truthful they're a huge part of, of what the game is on the field um have have wages gone up have uh, have they been able to um you know have more benefits and now could you possibly be a full-time referee and earn enough living to take care of your family and don't have anything else well, I think you're practically full-time now, quite frankly, with what they make you do. I mean, it's just that you're living at home, but, you know, you have a blackout period that goes for a couple months where they leave you alone. But, you know, beyond that, they're sending you rules, tests, videos, and all those different things. But, you know, um, I, I think the gig is a good one when it comes to money. And I know the officials will always say that they're worth more, and I think they probably are, but... You know, if you look at it, you know, from the standpoint of the amount of money they make, you know, the veteran guy's going to be making about, you know, to the tune of maybe 300000 something like that, 325000 at the top end. And, the, you know, the, the rookies certainly make a lot less. It's based on um, it's based on longevity. But the thing is, when we went through those strikes, I mean, it was pathetic. They weren't strikes. They were lockouts. Um, we basically, the league locked them out. And um, and what we found out was they are good. And we had a hard time finding anybody that could even, you know, approach their level of officiating. I mean, when I went through the one in 2001, I'm telling you, I was bringing in ex-SEC guys. I, would, I was finding them in bars. I mean, they were like, we're getting... If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. He should be back any second here. I don't know. Sometimes that's the internet for you, folks. Mm. As and soon as we get Mike back, I will bring him back in. I tell you what, Ben Tybus, we need to. We could be the Super Mario Brothers. We need <laughs> to be the Mario Brothers of, of getting this uh, referee in there. Yeah. I'm not. I can't be a referee because I get. It's a tough gig. They get they get shit on all the time. <laughs> well, my problem is I get everybody caught. ignores when they do the do a good job, which is the majority of the time. Yeah. But the mistakes are highlighted. It's like. It, it, in a way, being a ref's like being an offensive lineman. You only notice them when they screw up. Right. That's true. Or but I'll be, I get caught watching the game. Like, yeah, yeah. That's my problem. Like, I'll be sitting there like, oh, right. I'm supposed to be looking at these uh, guys. Uh, I mean, that's got to be hard. I mean, <laughs> well, he said he don't pay attention to it. He pays attention yeah. to the referee. And, right, but he's been doing it that's forever. Well, yeah, that's true. In the beginning, it's hard. NFL refs and baseball refs ain't supposed to be fraternizing. I'll be having a, I'll be like, I mean, you got dunked on, bro. 
You might the, the, hey, <laughs> they're on to top hold, of there. Bro. We got them back. I'd be we biased to DBs. I I wouldn't call a pass interference ever. Yeah, it, it is tough. But I, we, I was just saying that I, we we lost you for a second. But I was just saying that it feel like being a rep. You guys must relate to the offensive linemen because officials are really like offensive linemen. Nobody notices you guys unless you screw up, right? Like it's the same thing with the hey. offensive linemen. A left tackle could could make the could win. 99% of his plays, but he gives up that sack, and that's the only thing we hear about. Same thing with you guys. You can get it right 99 out of 100 times, but you screw up that 100th call, we say you're an idiot. That's what the fa- that's how the fans react. Yeah, and I think what is it? fans expect perfection out of officials, and it's right. just not it's, not, it's not realistic. I mean, the game is so fast, and it's so difficult to officiate, and you're actually making some decisions in 126th of a second. I mean, that's how fast those things at the sideline are those catches at the sidelines and and you're right we're like the offensive lineman which I always related to the offensive lineman when I was a referee during commercial breaks I wasn't the same as some of the referees but I would go into the huddle and I would not only would I just kind of yuck it up with them a little bit but then you know those offensive you pass a little gas there and then everybody blames it on each other and not the referee the referee would never do that um, you know, I I used to have a ball doing stuff like that. And, and, you know, relationship for the most part um, on the field with the players is good. I mean, it gets, it gets strained, but you know, we're, I mean, we're all in this together. I mean, we don't have favorites um, other than, you know, what fans on social media say that we're biased to this player or biased to this team. Um, We just want to get out of there with nobody talking about us. That's the key, as you said earlier. We don't get the recognition. We don't want the recognition. We don't. We just don't want to be talked about in a negative way after the game as having an impact on the game. Mike, how many times have you actually waved off something? Like, have you actually admitted, like, oh, I got it wrong and waved the flag? Well, I mean, yeah, I did. I mean, you know, I mean, it happens – a couple times during the game, you know, most of the time, because there's seven different people on the field and they all have different angles. Mm-hmm. So you may think that you see a block in the back, but then the guy who had a different angle comes to you and said, is that what you called? Did you call 32 for the block in the back? And you say, yes. He said, it was not in the back. It was from the side. I had the perfect look and you pick it up. And I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. replays getting to the point and especially in the USFL where you know, and I'm the the replay official doing it out of Los Angeles, but we can also pick up personal fouls that are called. Like we had one against uh, that was against Michigan. We called the face mask penalty on a 55 yard touchdown pass, but it wasn't a face mask. So I was able to jump in and take that off and award the touchdown. And, um, you know, and that's kind of cool. I'm kind of on a power trip doing that. You know, it's back <laughs> in my day like I'm on the field again, but, um, you know, you, I would say like 95 out of a hundred times when you look at wave offs, that the, the, the wave off is the right thing to do ends up to being the correct thing. Mike, last thing we appreciate the time again, USFL championship game is a Saturday. Uh, when you look at that, you know, the, we as an audience are hearing the conversations that are being had, right? Uh, between the referee and the and the and the replay, that's something I think should come to the NFL. Being able to change personal fouls, face masks, stuff like that, I think that should come to the NFL. Will it? And is there anything else from the USFL 
that could work in the NFL? Well, um, will it? No, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I wish it would because I think it's healthy. I mean, not only do you see it when you're watching television, but it's also flashed up on the scoreboard when you're in the stadium. I mean, I'm the only referee that ever got in a call that I made in Birmingham that went against the Stallions. I think I'm the only referee that got booed from 2,000 miles away because I was sitting <laughs> in Los Angeles. I made the decision. I don't think they'll do it. I mean, they prefer not to talk about officiating words. We prefer transparency. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think it's going to happen. I do think they'll look at some things like they're so concerned about the kicking game, as you know, yeah. you know, the, the change this year about signaling for a fair catch on a kickoff, you can get the ball to 25. They're also concerned about punt returns and, um, and the number of injuries on punt returns. And we went with a recommendation. They actually asked me, the competition committee said, how about moving the gunners in on punts, moving them inside the numbers and not letting him get double teamed at the line of scrimmage. And um, so we tried that. And this year on punt returns, both setups, setting up for the punt return and then on the return itself, we had zero concussions. And, um, you know, it may be the fact that the gunners aren't getting double teamed. It may be that they're not flying down the field as quickly. Um, so I, I think that's something that they will probably look at. I don't think they'll like our kickoffs because we encourage kickoffs. We had 90% of our kickoffs were returned. When they're projecting the NFL this year, 31% of them will be returned. Um, we like the returns. We haven't had an uptick in the number of normal number of injuries on kickoffs, even with 90% returns. So, we're happy about that, but I don't think that they will ever go the opposite direction from where they're going now, which is to have less, I should say, fewer, fewer and fewer kickoff returns. Mike, great stuff again. Everybody be watching Saturday night, the championship game of the USFL, uh, Birmingham and Pittsburgh, of course. There you go. Thanks, Mike. We appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, guys. Take care. And we'll see you in overtime. Mike Carrera. We'll see you in overtime next. Overtime. I know that woman. That's the. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.